This podcast was made with Descript. Descript is a groundbreaking new media tool that allows creators to edit audio and video like a text document and create a realistic clone of their own voice for seamless edits. Please check out our Patreon at Asian Hustle Network. We want Asians to continue being meaningful and give back to the Asian community. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to contribute to our feature, we hope you become a patron. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Maggie. My name is Brian. And today we have two special guests on our podcast, and they are Siki Mo and Kailu Guan. Siki is the CEO and co-founder of Hello Ava, and Kailu is the co-founder and chief creative officer of Hello Ava. Hello Ava is a beauty app that uses AI technology to recommend skincare products based on your skin type. So Siki is a former Bloomberg anchor and also held several positions at Morgan Stanley, PIMCO, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York before starting Hello Ava. Siki was awarded Forbes 30 Under 30 Consumer Tech in 2019 and Inc. Magazine's 30 Rising Stars Under 30 in 2018 and has been featured in many different media outlets. Kailu is an award-winning multidisciplinary designer. Her areas of concentration include human-centered design, fashion design, augmented reality, and wearable technology. She has held several positions at IDEO, Intel, and Hermes. Welcome to the show, you two. Thanks for having us. We're Thank so you for having us. Yeah, we're super excited to have you guys. And we want to hear more about your story, too. So you'll jump right into it. So we'll start with Siki. Siki, you want to hear more about your childhood and how you became so successful and ambitious growing up? Um, yeah, no, I, so similar to Kailu, I had a, a childhood in China where I was like brought up by pretty strict um, Asian parents um, who I think all of us can relate. Um, I think one of the inspiration that has led me to start my own business is looking at how my parents grew something from zero, literally to where it is today. So one of the uh, vivid memory I still have is when I was a very like young child, like probably when I was like 14, um, I started going to all these trade shows with my dad in Germany, which we go every year right before my birthday. So then we'll stay there for a little bit longer and then celebrate my birthday after the show. It was like a celebratory dinner to, um, you know, to celebrate how much sales we created from the trade show. Mm. Uh, I was so young back then. I had no idea about this business complexity, about how to sell stuff or how to build furniture or how to, you know, advertise. So, um, uh, but my parents are very busy, so they're not going to be able to, like, leave me in the hotel alone and just, like, go to the trade show by themselves. So they usually took me to the trade show. So I was usually the kid at the trade show, we have this beautiful booth and all these outdoor furniture like set up with clients coming in from all over the country coming in trying to sit down and then talk about you know business with my dad and I would just be there holding candies and chocolate and just giving it to the people who come in but then at a point where we like had so many clients coming in and my dad was like I cannot handle the traffic anymore and I was just like hey like how about let me tell you a little bit about what um, our business does. So I started learning. I actually asked my dad so to teach me how to introduce our company and how to introduce like 
this concept out of furniture and what's our advantage when people mm -hmm. come to why do they want to buy chairs and furniture and umbrellas from us rather than some of the Italian handcrafted makers um, what is a um, special thing about us so when I was giving people chocolate and candies um, whenever people start coming to our booth I start to sell um, you know, our business, which is an outdoor furniture manufacturer back then. So um, that was kind of the initial part about how I get involved into building a business or even just advertising or selling for a business early on. Yeah, I really like that story too, because it's very similar to myself as well. Except for my situation, my parents couldn't speak English that well. And they kind of just forced me into the conversation. They're like, here, talk to my seven-year-old son. He knows English pretty well. I'm like, okay, what do you want me to say, dad? <laughs> so very similar. That's awesome. Yeah, so then you kind of have to, because like sometimes like these selling doesn't translate perfectly into another language. So mm -hmm. you are obviously, you always have to internalize yeah. it into your own language, trying to yeah. sell it. So, um, that's also a very vivid memory that taught me like everything is about everything at the end of the, the route is um, it's about selling whether you know it's about you building a business or you're trying to hire some talents or you're trying to close a deal or trying to um, you know create a partnership it's always about selling so that gives me such a just concrete understanding of how important selling is and why this is the most important skill set for a businesswoman. Awesome. I love that a lot. Yeah, I love that. I also love how everything kind of fell into place for you because it wasn't like your dad was trying to teach you selling habits and selling practices, but you know, because he was so busy, he needed to take you to the trade show anyway, right? And mm -hmm. for you to be there to help him, it's like everything yeah. worked out and all of those habits, everything that you learned kind of trickled down to what you are today. They're lifelong skills, yeah, for exactly. sure. I'm like the abandoned child who like there's no um, care, caregiver and so I adapted to it myself and then hopefully my being the chocolate girl or the candy girl helped my dad close some of these deals. <laughs> Amazing. Kylie, yeah. we want to hear your story too. Yeah, so I actually have a very different um, upbringing, um, even though it was kind of unusual, I think, for an Asian family. So I didn't grow up under like tiger parents so my parents are kind of they're very free-spirited they're like okay you can do whatever you want they didn't really have expectation of me being a lawyer or doctor uh, and my my mom was pretty artistic so she likes to play the piano and she also draws really well so i think when i was younger she encourages me to you know to draw and to paint and you know just do like random stuff um and I'm kind of like just the wild kid who, you know, just learns about art at a very young age. And, you know, since my mom really encourages me, I just kept going. And I remember when I was in school, um, actually Siki and I went to the same high school, uh, even oh, though we're um, a few years apart. Mm -hmm. I was always the one who's like, you know, working on design and art for our student government and you know obviously Siki was the one who's she was the president actually oh, wow. <laughs> well we did an overlap when I was running for the government uh, student government but uh, we realized that we actually were a couple of, like mm -hmm. years apart so yeah we were in the same year that it would have been me running the student government while she was being mm -hmm. the head of uh, design which is similar kind of <laughs> this is what we're doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so my parents was, you know, they were very, you know, like chill. And when I was 
when I decided that I need to come to America to to for my for college, mm-hmm. just very naturally I picked uh, design. Um, and so I went to like Parsons for, for fashion design and, you know, just emerged in that like art school world, um, and without any exposure to, to business. So when I took a year off, it was my first time ever like experiencing how like, like business works, like to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I remember my roommate back then, she started her own startup and she kind of brought me into the world of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first like, like get my foot into the door, when I heard terms like Andrew investor, I was like, wow, this is so interesting. There's an Andrew who's giving you money. <laughs> and, yeah, but I was very, I, I was um, very intrigued by how, you know, like selling and like buying works. Uh, it sounds so weird, but it, I was very, very intrigued. And then, so it's just very natural and curious. I helped her with design work for her for her company, and that's basically how I got into tech and how I got into um, like running a business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like a re- reverse. So every day to this day, I'm still learning a lot about business. And mm-hmm. I found, you know, there are things that you can do in a startup, in especially a tech startup, mm-hmm. that, that can change people's life in a way that design or art cannot. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say which one is better, but they're just a very different approach. And that's why I love what I do right now so much. It's, you know, kind of in between the yeah. creative creativity that I have and, and also it's a real business that benefits uh, a lot mm-hmm. of users. Yeah, and I felt the same way as well. Like I'm not a creative. I mean, I learned drawing and I failed like terribly when I was. <laughs> I, I didn't pick this as my profession, but mm-hmm. I love the creative part about biz, being a business owner as well. So I'm learning from um, from everyone else in my team, especially the creative team that's led by Kailu, to how to be more creative about the solution. So then, hopefully, that drives a higher revenue as well. So what we, I think it's like this really complementary skills that we learn from each other that helps us motivated and grow as a team together. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Just out of curiosity too, like how did your partnership come about? Because you understand the partnerships are extremely hard, including my partnership with Maggie here for, for Asian Hustle Network. <laughs> so I just want to understand like, you know, how did you guys find each other and decide to work together and start a business together? So that's, I feel like it's a really big move. And I always tell everyone on the podcast too, or people tell me on the podcast, that when you're doing business with someone else, like a partnership, it's like you're dating them. And you're married to them. So you have to make sure things married, are married. Probably more than married. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do much more than my own husband. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys yeah. met in high school too. So you guys go. No, 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 we that. didn't. Oh, you we guys didn't meet in high school. Oh, but you did you guys know of each other at least? No. I've heard of Sikia. She's so famous. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, but I'm not sure if she has heard about uh, so, me. Probably <laughs> not. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you the story. It's a great story. So um, our story can actually be cast into a movie, I think. Um, which maybe one day, Kyla, once we exit our company, become a serial entrepreneur, our next job should be producing... An actress, yeah. <laughs> a movie about how we met and, and the building of... like a, Almost like... Like adapted from a real story, but I, could, I think it could be a fic- good fictional movie too. But it's adapted from a real reality. Yeah. Anyway, let me tell you the story. So, 
Um, so Kyla and I kind of like, I mean, she says she knows about me. I don't know. Maybe she's just being nice, but, um, but <laughs> I, I do. Uh, we went to the same high school and so, and we were a couple years apart. So I didn't know, um, we didn't know each other then. We never met then. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, when we were, uh, we, and we had this like separate paths because like I was focused on like finance. I was like the finance geek and math geek and she's like the design genius. Right. So, um, so it wasn't until, and I kind of like got the business register and started already a little bit, but then like it's a very rudimentary product we build and we're just like starting the company, getting some of these early attractions and trying to hustle. Um, so when I was presenting my business at TechCrunch back in 2017, which is like pre-launch, um, one of my, our mutual friend who is um who was dating kylo at the point um she, he's also my classmate from stanford and he was also one of our earlier investor he was basically saying that hey kylo you need to go meet this uh this uh woman who i invest money in um and then so so kylo was like cool like can you introduce us and then kylo kind of um and then her boy, her boyfriend basically dropped the ball then, and he never introduced us. And also Kailu didn't, also dropped the ball and didn't remind him. So we never got introduced. But then um, when we were at TechCrunch, when I was like kind of hustling, trying to present this idea, mm-hmm. I got, we got kind of randomly, like randomly by chance introduced. Um, through a friend who a also friend, went to the same high school. Another friend who also went to the same high school. Um, who Our high school, by the way, is amazing. So that's why we have all these million people in the U.S. Like, we have a lot of people who go overseas to to, uh, to college. Um, so we we were introduced by her. Um, and the reason we, like, kind of got together was that we that day we met this founder who is the founder of Napster. Have you guys heard of Napster? Yeah, yeah. It does not exist anymore, but he was, like, a kind of, like, you know, a godfather type of figure back in the days, right? So mm-hmm. we were talking about him, and then Kylo was in the same group, and we're just, like, chatting with him. And then we spent the entire day, entire afternoon together chatting and then I was like asking about Kailu about her project, which is a, a artificial, uh, sorry, it's a virtual reality project for fashion that she was also exhibiting in TechCrunch. So I was very intrigued by her. And she was, she said that she knew about me, but again, I don't know if she was just being nice. And then she, I took a photo and then sent it back to her boyfriend at the time. And it was like, look, this is, um, I just met this girl, she's pretty cool. She went to my high school. And then the guy was like, oh my God, this is the girl I want to introduce to you. So then we realized it's actually the same person that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we kind of like, we just hit it off, you know, where I'm just like, you're so cool. You're doing all these like really cool virtual reality stuff. Mm-hmm. So then we got together and start like, you know, we just had dinner at China Blue and then we're just like chatting about some random like tech and startup stuff. And she showed me her, um, her really cool uh, virtual reality fashion design. I was like, whoa, this is like, like how is this world? So, um, so then I was like, hey, what are you up to these days? Like, do you want to maybe like work on this? Like together, we actually don't have any designer. I would love to like get your help. So then I kind of start working with me, like kind of relatively casually, kind of just, you know, we're like not really talking about co-foundership at that point. I think we're talking about like our acne more. We're talking about acne. Yeah. All the time. That like, was the biggest com- conversation that we yeah. had during that 
dinner at China. And we're talking about how every time that we talk, whenever we start talking about how much act, how much we struggle with our high school acne, we connect it deeper. Um, so then it's like it's this mission that we're trying to do, right? That like deeply connected us. So then um, we start talk, like kind of working at a, in a more casual um, kind of capacity, and then and then later on, the more and Kylo got more involved, and then I got to rely on Kylo much more, and she relies on me more as well. So then, fast forward a couple like a year, two years later, I would say, um, we're like inseparable. Mm-hmm. Well, we're married right now, <laughs> paper and also in life. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I also suffer from a skin disease, and it's like when I know other people who suffer from the same skin disease, I connect with them automatically because I know what they're going through, and like we can talk about you know what worked for me, what didn't work for me, and like what worked for the other person, and it's like it's that commonality that you have with that person, right? And I think that that's kind of how your relationship has kind of formed by you. Talking talking about, you know, what you guys go through and what you guys struggle. Yeah. And I think having skin issues is much more than, you know, picking about picking products. It's very psychological. Right. I remember when I was having, you know, when I had acne back in high school, I don't want to, you know, talk to anyone. I don't want anyone to look at my face. I don't want to go into the sun. You know, like these kind of things just, you know, especially when you're a teenager, it really gives you a lot of, you know, a confidence issue, right? Yep. So when we talked about like acne, it's really more about like an emotional connection that we like, you know, we have like, it was, you know, like a bonding because of the pimple that we have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I would remember talking to Kyla how much about like, you know, when I was in college, when I still suffer from acne, I wouldn't even like, I wouldn't feel comfortable even going on dates with guys because I felt like they would be staring at my face and just looking at my acne. You know, that was so psychological, like deeply rooted in your own confidence. It was like, um, you know, it was something that really, um, it really hurt you. You know, it really destroys you. So we, we wanted to be able to help and empower people that, so that they don't have to go through this again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think, like people always say, like there's like a proverb in Chinese that says, basically says something like suffering connects people, well, which is like a little extreme. I think like, but I think some of sometimes like the sufferings and the, the hardship actually brings people together even stronger. Mm-hmm. Right, that's such a strong bond that allows you. Mm-hmm. And because of that suffering, like you understand what hardship is, and then when you're building startups, where obviously you're gonna go through all these hardship and obstacles because startup is like the most roller coaster kind of journey, right? So mm-hmm. you're already prepared to do that because you you had this common suffering that. Um, connected you definitely yeah. yeah so let's take it back a step and talk about hello ava like you want to hear more about your company uh, what kind of platform that it provides you know we heard there's so many resources out there and you you listened to your uh 2017 tech crunch pitch that you that you talked about earlier meeting was absolutely amazing so we want to give you some time to talk about hello ava and allow our listeners to kind of understand what is your company all about uh, absolutely, yeah. So Hello Ava is a skin technology company that uses both artificial intelligence and dermatology expertise to give you the best personalized routine that you need. Everyone's skin is different, and then we, as we said earlier in the podcast, um, I have acne. Kylo has acne. All we all have acne at some point in our life, but everyone's acne 
issue is probably different. And then if you don't have acne, that's lucky, but then you might have something else that's also unique to you. So everyone's skin is different and it deserves to, you know, individualized Mm -hmm. concern and individualized care that you you should have that's tailored to your skin. So the way that works, which we made it really fun and easy for the users. You go through a fun questionnaire and then by the end of the questionnaire, you will get an initial diagnosis of about your skin, uh, which summarizes what's your skin characteristics and some uh, and also the weakness and the strength of your skin. After that, you will pay uh, $10 consultation fee to be connected to an esthetician who are usually licensed by the New York State Aesthetics Board. And then she will have a one-on-one video consultation just like this on Zoom or FaceTime with you. And then she will then send you a fully personalized recommendation uh, list that's tailored to your skin. Mm -hmm. When you're purchasing the product, the $10 you paid earlier gets credit back. So net out, the experience is free. And when you're getting the, and then you get these beautiful shipments sent right to your box, which has all the product you bought and also a beautiful car that has your name printed on it and an AM and PM routine that Mm -hmm. is tailored to your needs. So you're getting not just the product, but also the care and uh, like a regimen card that tells you what to do. Wow, I love it a lot. How did you guys gain traction for this at the very beginning and tell people? At the very beginning, it's all word of mouth. And even today, we still rely heavily on word of mouth and mm-hmm. referral. Um, and then a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of them come from PR. Like when we started, we have less than a thousand customers and now we're over 130,000 um, community. Wow, that's... Yeah, and I think right now, uh, also, uh, our Instagram has been a main uh, place for us to gain new followers and also new users. So mm-hmm. the pandemic actually has helped us a lot. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, I think we had uh, around 50,000 followers on Instagram. But now since everyone is home and you spend so much more time on your phone, um, our community grew so so much like so much faster um, during this past two months and now we're at two hundred and eighteen thousand followers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then we just did a live today. So and and none of the users we didn't buy any followers or do anything. Um, just purely by posting good content, like educational content that that helps our users, um, we're able to grow our community in a very sustainable and steady pace. Yeah. I was just going to ask you guys, like, how have things changed since COVID-19? Because personally, I've gone through so many different changes with my skin because of COVID. And I can't, like, for, like, prescription stuff, I can't go out to the doctor's office and get it anymore. So I'm looking for alternatives for my skincare routine. So it's actually made me and, like, forced me to pick up on a skincare routine since being in quarantine. So I'm just, like, wondering, like, we'd love to know how you guys have changed since COVID like how you guys are keeping up with the traffic yeah um so one of the key things that we did is uh in the early days of COVID-19 we realized um people the alternatives of going to the shop and seeing dermatologists or finding like someone who can give you facial is it's no longer there Mm 
Right. And so we realized that how can we um, solve and help people still fit uh, fit their needs for these when all these options are not available. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the key features we launched was a video consultation. So that in addition to um, these quiz and text message consultation, we add a new uh, video consultation that which help foster these relationships that people can have with our skin expert community um, so that people can get like this kind of really good in person, like personalized and, and really humanized uh, consultation and then get fully feel like they can like show their face to one of our skin expert who's consulting them. And that has helped so much in terms of conversion that has actually increased our conversion from um, from like some, uh, I think like already like decent amount, like from like 50% now to 70%. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we, f- we did a few other things on the, on the marketing side, which Kylo can relay a little more that helped with um, the COVID as well. Yeah, and I think mainly is because uh, everyone right now, you know, like you said, you you're not able to go to your dermatologist, right? And then also, you don't really need to wear much makeup. So I, th- I think it's a good thing that we see that our users or even just myself, uh, I spend so much more time taking off taking care, like self care, right? You know, holistically. Um, so I think skincare is a very important part of it. Mm-hmm. So. So I think just by by like by its nature, like the time that you spend on your phone is much more than before. So and then people will value the service and value talking to a skin advisor much more right now because you don't have much 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 else going on. Yeah. Telemedicine and digital therapy has been like a really, really popular trend and I think it's like where a lot of like money is flowing to these days because of COVID. We're not quite like we're not like telemedicine because we're not in the medical field, but we are definitely a digital therapy, um, you know, alternatives so that's kind of using a digital ways of giving you a skin therapy. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, even as, as a male, I kind of look into routines because during this COVID situation, it's very stressful at home. I get a lot of pimples. Maggie always points at my pimples. She's like, oh my God, you have a pimple. But I know. <laughs> you need to come to us. <laughs> I know. We'll Let's just turn, we just turn off the lights. Yeah, actually, yeah, Brandon, we actually, on that point, we have a lot of male users. So it's mm-hmm. like, a lo- it's funny enough because we never actually advertise on mail, but then because the women, they did it and they're like, wait, this is such a cool service. My husband or my boyfriend should use it too. So, yeah. so that they can stop stealing my my skincare. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I mean, out of curiosity too, like, how do you pick up and trends and create new features from that? What is your thought process behind that? Um, I mean, on product releases, Kylo can speak a little yeah. bit. She's the creative mind behind it, but we do a lot of user research and interviews. So um, I will let you kind of take up that question. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, we, it's very rare that we'll basically just sit here and come up with features. So I try not to do it um, or at least whenever I have an idea, I'll run it by our users. So, so usually the, the way it works is that we, you know, we talk to our users, um, users on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I will call them and I'll have, you know, video chat with them or even just email with them. And also we will, we have this channel on Instagram where you, our users will DM us and, you know, just, you know, chat with us and talk about, you know, their experience. Right. So I check all of these platforms and, 
And I will have a list of, you know, features and, uh, and requests uh, from our users and basically inspiration from just talking to them and what they need. How can we make the product better mm-hmm. for them? Uh, and then all of everything, this, this backlog that we have, uh, I usually will, you know, pick a few on uh, like one or two features every, every month or every other week to do a lot of user interviews um, on. So I, so we will have our team design a lot of mock-ups and then we will send them to our users Mm -hmm. and then we'll have like, like sit down time with them. Mm-hmm. Now it obviously happens via Zoom and then we'll have them go through the new experience that we design and, and kind of just learn from there and see if this feature actually will benefit them because maybe user A says, oh, I want this, this feature. But then when you're testing it, you realize that not a lot of people actually will benefit from it. Then this might not be a feature that we want to spend our time and you know, money on. Uh, obviously, as a startup, you have a very limited amount of resources and you want to use that wisely. So, yeah, before, you know, building building anything, we want to make sure that this is something that's going to help. Otherwise, we're just not going to, you know, like, you will not build things that just look good or make us feel that this is a better product. But we want to look at the number and look at, actually how people are interacting with it before making a decision mm-hmm. yeah yeah i like that a lot i mean it means that you guys are not being reactive to your planning you guys are more you know planning ahead of time so i think the problem with startup founders is that they tend to be more on the reactive side like, oh this is a cool feature let's build it out without yeah, like all other companies are doing it when you yeah like yeah and then i know like you know being a founder is really tough and we totally relate talking to a lot of customers, talk, getting feedback and whatnot. But you also want to talk a little more about your guys' mental health. You know, that's just as, as important as anything. Because we understand that as founders, you're always on call. You're always taking meetings. You're always reading your reviews. You're always constantly making decisions. Your work-life balance is always in flux because, you know, there's no boundaries really because this is your baby. This is your passion. So how do you guys take care of your mental health? Mm. Uh, I can take that first and then Kyle, we can add. Um, so first of all, it's so true. Like today I talked about Hello Ava seven times already. <laughs> people, one is investor call, one is a casting call with this media company. One is with a po- another podcast and one is like an interview for a, uh, for a whole series. So um, I only can relate that. Like I'm like actually almost mouth dry talking about Hello <laughs> Um, so, so, um, I think for me, the biggest thing is, so I recently, a little bit of background about my personal life. So I recently had a son, um, and oh, he is uh, seven months old. Thank you very much. And he was born right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I think what has taught me is, I mean, it has taught me so much, like, um, uh, as a mother, a new mother who was mm-hmm. like still struggling through all these things, but it has taught me to really have to carve out time for him because otherwise it never ends and will never have time for him. So one of the key things I learned is um, I will block out my calendar, literally. So then people cannot schedule things with me from like a certain amount of time. So usually I block out from six o'clock to like, well, 5.30 to like seven o'clock, which is when he was about to go to sleep. So then I can like take a bath for him and I can like, rock him a little bit and put him to sleep and I can lock back on 
to work more after he sleeps. And this gives me that like very concentrated time so that I can like focus on him, not think about something else. Um, and then I, can, I mean, I will still respond to Slack and stuff, but I will try not to do that. So that I felt like I can devote some time to my son. And then I will come back on later on to make sure that I finish everything I, I, like I need to finish. So I think that has actually really helped me in terms of like, you know, um, and make sure that I'm not missing anything important because I, if I mm-hmm. schedule something and into this like my son time, then then I, it's like hard for me to say no. So I try to block it out so that I don't like overcommit to things. That's like one of the key tricks I use. And another thing which I um, which I think I quite like is the the, no, the notion of work life integration. So uh, I don't like the whole thing about work life balance because that's sh- like I, I don't like the whole concept work life balance because I think that's kind of implying that you have work and you have life and the two things are contradictory. So what I'm trying to do, is, especially as a startup founder, I think this is really helpful. Is I try to integrate the two so that it means that they're not necessarily compl- they're not necessarily contradictory, but more so complementary. So we can like have fun things like at dinner we can have like something that's fun with Kailu and the rest of the team, and we can chat about some like really cool inspirations. But then that's also having fun too, so we're not just like working. Um, so I think some of these ideas uh, that I think it's like a way of you looking at life and work in general that actually affects your mental health greatly. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the work integration stuff into your life. I do the same thing. If I yeah. can combine my work into fun and leisure, that's yeah. the best way to go, I believe. And I completely agree with the time block situation as well. I do have to time block. I sometimes forget that Maggie is also my girlfriend and co-founder. So sometimes we just have to time block things out to have a normal date or a normal conversation besides business. <laughs> I totally agree with the mental health aspect. And it's not easy too, because sometimes you know, you're like weighing the opportunity cost. You're, oh man, that, that meeting I had to take that intrusion into my family time or whatnot is so important. How can I make this work? Yeah. 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 And one thing that we do very well in our company is that we do have fun together. Like a yeah. lot, like every, it's never like, oh, I need to go see my colleague. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost like, oh, I need to hang out with my my friends once every, so we have a team meeting right now, like once every, every month. And, we work together during the day, but then in the afternoon or like late, late at night, we'll start with our uh, time with Siki's son, like Maxwell. <laughs> so we got like very distracted after like 4 p.m. and start to you know have fun with him. So, you know, it's really like fun and we really enjoy our time together. Yeah. And I went apple picking with Kailu last weekend too. And yeah. It's like, yeah. like, I think we're like friends first and then we like build companies and we have fun building companies. Yeah. Yeah. I think one important thing that you want to measure if you, if or not you hire the right people or if you're working for the right companies that if during your spare time, you want to hang out with these people. And I think we hang out all the time, like, me and Siki and also with other colleagues of ours. We sometimes go to our esthetician's home and she will give us a facial and, you know, <laughs> you know, we're talking about playing tennis together. So it's, you know, it's, you know, make it fun. And, you know, it's a startup. You, you have the benefit of choosing, yeah. choosing who you want to work with. And I think that's such a privilege that like you get, you don't get to do that if you're in a big corporate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that having fun is definitely very important. And another thing I would say about, you know, mental health is that like we, 
even though as founders, it's, it's, it's a very stressful journey, but remember you do have each other, right? So I think the companionship and sometimes just being the sounding board makes it makes things so much easier. Yeah. 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 Sometimes the kid would, you know, call me and, you know, talk about, you know, some financial stuff or investment stuff. You know, I was like, am I really the best person to talk about this with? Like, I don't know much about, you know, you know, I'm not like the finance junkie like that you're looking for. But then I realized that, you know, the reason why she does that, or I do that to her as well. Like I would talk about, hey, do you like this color better or did that color better? It's not necessarily like what we can get out of it, but it's like you listen and kind of that conversation helps you think through whatever you're going going through. And you're just having the other person always be there listening. I think it, it really, really helps and that's a relationship that we should utilize better as founders. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's so important to create that family culture within your organization Mm -hmm. because if it's like, if you guys can't do weekend stuff and weekend activities with the person that you work with and have fun with them and you just talk about work all the time, like 24-7, it gets really dry, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if you just talk about work all the time, like, how can you enjoy, like, take some time to enjoy yourself and just, like, go out with your co-founder, with your employee, and create that like family culture I think that's really important yeah this one conversation I have with my other founder friends is that all the stress that we go through we chose the stress it's self-inflicted you know it's it's the easier path in life where you can pick a nine-to-five and work for someone else and just have your vacations in a normal schedule but we chose this life. Like, we chose a self-inflicted pain, you know? But yeah. <laughs> it's also awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, painful. I don't think it, it should be painful. <laughs> first and foremost, fun, right? And then yeah. you should be an ambitious goal that you're working towards. And yeah. if you can have fun doing it, then that's even better. We, um... We, we definitely, yeah, we definitely try to reinforce that culture a lot, like, even with outside of our um, founding team. And then we try to... You know, like, I think sometimes, like, Kaidu and, like, some of my, our other employees text me at the most random things on the weekend. And then I'll be like, haha, this is funny. Like, we have this eagerness to share something yeah. that's funny or, mm-hmm. like, or surprising about our life with our coworkers because cause I think they get it. And then because we're in this every day. So that's, like, such a strong and, and beautiful dynamic that we don't usually, you know, it's, like, hard to get. I'm, I think we're very, very blessed. Um, so I would love to know, you know, because you two are such like powerhouse women and you two haven't been in the industry for a while now, have you guys gone through like any struggles or challenges in the past while building Hello Ava? And especially because, you know, two women of, you know, a member of minority, especially, you know, were you, did you ever like face any discrimination or like any challenges from other people in the industry? Yeah, I think for us, we're not only like, like minority female mm-hmm. founders, but we're also immigrant. So I think that um, actually makes it, in my in my perspective, more challenging. So I think first of all, you kind of need to, you know, like not like when I remember I, uh, when I first started uh, with Siki, there are like things in the in the in in the business world that you know we need to learn about as founders but then also 
it's our first time ever founding a business in in the U.S., right? So there are certain protocols that we need to learn and adapt to. Um, so I think being an immigrant is definitely, you know, challenging. But then also now we see it as a benefit because we get all these like great connections back home. And especially in the tech world, like China is really like booming. I'm so like proud of the fact that we're, you know, immigrant female founded company and and we're serving like communities here, but also like around the world. So it's definitely a learning curve, but I think at this point, it is a. I think it is a great benefit. Yeah. Well, let me add on to that. So I think the immigration policy of our country has been a little bit um, anti-immigrants these days, especially with the. This, uh, I mean, without me kind of being too political, but I think it, that's like one of the challenges we with trying to hire, you know, immigrants as using H, especially H one B visa or. OMBs are trying to get these uh, great immigrants into into our uh, company. So, so that's an, an unfortunate. But uh, hopefully, we will see a better um, uh, policy that's coming out of the election afterwards. So, um, so that was annoying, but uh, we cope with it. So, uh, another challenge I would say we face is definitely there is. Um, there is definitely, I think, in the, especially in the fundraising world, there is uh, probably biases against women. So when we're like doing fundraising and stuff, like I think women, we just have to show more data points about our business to show that it works rather than men sometimes can talk about, you know, just an idea and somehow they can raise more money. So what we're trying to resolve that issue is we're trying to find female investors who actually believe in this concept first before we show them the numbers. Because we don't want someone to kind of just invest in us because we, our numbers is great. But we want them to buy into this big vision and the dream that we have. Right, yeah. I love it. I love how you guys are, you know, using those challenges and turning it into something more positive, you know. Um, so we have a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs in the community of AHN and we'd love to know, like from the both of you, what is one advice that you would give to an aspiring entrepreneur who's just trying to start out maybe in the skincare business or just like in tech or just in general? I think for me, um, I would like to tell anyone that is, you know, has has a dream or wants to do something to execute. Um, I think one of the biggest like roadblock that people always face is usually their own voice and their self because um, people always doubt too much about. And I, I, I mean, I experienced the same. It's that we doubt so much like, can I do this? Can I do that? and you usually delay that, and then you never actually did it. <laughs> so then nothing will actually happen unless you actually do it. So I think um, one of the key lessons I learned both in business school and being an entrepreneur myself is the urgency of acting. If you don't have this urgency of doing things, then like nothing will ever done. Like everyone can have a dream, only the ones that actually get to do stuff actually succeed. So I think it's so important you actually put into action, like execute on it. It's all about execution. Everyone can have a great idea, uh, but then it's all about execution that will actually set the difference. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to say is that um, believe in yourself and take a chance. And even if it fails, it, it's fine. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then to just sorry to add to add on that, I think it's very like execute, um, and I think sometimes like people or just like myself tend to have a tendency of overthinking what I'm trying to do, so I would spend more time thinking about this thing than then you know just go right ahead and do it because sometimes in our head we're like oh maybe we need to we need a, we need better planning we need to you know talk to more people and and we can't make a decision yet but i think in the startup world everything is changing so fast you can't really plan so right now even when we hire people i think i value this so much it's that like people who give give us like present fancy like plans don't tend to be the ones that can actually execute on the ideas, and and whatever works in a start in the startup scenario, just double down on it and trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't need like massive planning or like big business plan. If you have one customer, just go get that customer and make make him or her super super happy, and then you get a second and third customer coming in. Um, and instead of like sitting here and you know flash out a beautiful. Um, like investor deck <laughs> sometimes I, I yeah I think that's also important but it's the the, the first thing that I talked about is sometimes it's uh, ignored mm-hmm. yeah well how can our listeners learn more about your company and you know we saw this video um, I think it was about three years ago where the questionnaire was happening on Facebook Messenger um, you know how can our listeners fill out a questionnaire for your product and you know how can they learn more about like what type of products are good for their skin very easy so for all of the listeners who are already have beautiful skin or have struggling from um, from any kind of skin condition or just want to know if your product you're using is correct mm-hmm. um, or just want any kind of question related to skincare please go to hellowava.co.co and then um, and then you can just click on start quest quiz and then you can go through the journey it's very simple it doesn't take more than two minutes and the consultation you schedule will be around 10 to 15 minutes so you can do this literally like when you're taking a break from work mm-hmm. yeah and you can also find us on instagram mm-hmm. yeah so please follow us on, as well on instagram our instagram handle is hello eva beauty and um love to and then you can get all kinds of amazing content on uh, how to take good care of your skin. <laughs> I mean, we do have really, really good content and then really funny jokes too about skin. <laughs> well, I can tell that both of your skins are very beautiful and that you guys are like a prime example of just using Hello Ava. So thank you guys for sharing your story. Um, really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. This was really fun. This is so fun. Even though this is the eighth time we talked about Hello Ava. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is the most fun one. <laughs> yeah, the other ones I was just like, it's like mechanics. I'm like, okay, this is what Halloween with us. Like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, bye. Hey, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.